Hey, this is Erica Hubbard, and you're listening to A View from the Stoop. Welcome back, family. This week's guest has the brownstone buzzing. Chico Benjamin is a talented actor and musician who's had one of the most interesting journeys to success in the entertainment industry that we have ever had the pleasure of discussing. From humble beginnings in Long Island to brushing shoulders with some of the biggest names in the business, Chico is living a true Cinderella story. He shared with us the highs and lows, and highs again, of his career and spoke about his upcoming projects. See, this one will have you laughing and appreciating one of the truly great talents. We're pleased to welcome him to the family. Without any more delays, let's go. Okay, so I don't know why anybody wouldn't know who you are, but for the people who are uninitiated, please tell everybody who you are, uh, what you do, and how you got to where you are. Yo, what's up? My name is Chico Benjamin. I'm from uh, New York, uh, Strong Island, Amityville. I uh, came to California and got on a TV show within a year called Half and Half, and, uh, you know, been out here working and... Uh, been on Half and Half for like almost five seasons, and then I did a show called uh, The Haunted Hathaways on Nickelodeon. I played a ghost dad, and uh, I did a couple movies on Netflix, Streets, uh, Speed Dating, Act Like You Know. I mean, yeah, it's like, I can go down the line. I did a lot of guest appearances, <laughs> man, you know. Just in case, you know, the Fantasia story. <laughs> just a, just a few things. Just a couple of yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to circle back around to how you got into the business, but um, a little full disclosure. Uh, the first time I ever saw you was on Half and Half. The young lady I was dating at the time uh, had me watching this show with all these women, and I'm like, man, why is this happening to me? And then you came in <laughs> and you kind of balanced the show off. So, uh, first of all, thank you for getting me through those <laughs> through those evenings. Yeah, uh, no problem, man. Yo, that, you know, the crazy thing was is that those women were like the coolest, like, sister brother acting people you could ever i mean i was the only person on it that didn't have a show and never worked on tv mm-hmm. they, they were the vets i mean valerie she did a lot of broadway but like i was still like the newbie you know what i'm saying but i got to go to work with women every day i got to be around sexy beautiful women man i loved it you were on the on the screen with some people who really could hold their own uh, was the learning curve like was the learning curve hard, or you just kind of fit right in from day one? You know what it is. I'm a, I'm a I'm a social person. Like I I don't I'm I've never been afraid to talk to people and communicate with people. I'm a people person and a people watcher. I like to observe people's energies, and it was very easy for me. The, the ladies and they never made me feel like. Um, uncomfortable or you know bougie mm-hmm. like they were really down to earth you know what I'm saying like I, I we all got along like really fast so half and half you said you booked that right out of the gate but I want to go back a little bit when did you decide that acting was your was your was your lane y'all I'm gonna keep it 100 with you I'll never forget it I was in Manhattan and I went to go see the movie Above the Rim. Right. Right. Classic. I'm right. Classic. I'm watching the movie, and I'm noticing a lot of the areas 
were familiar areas in New York that I'd be, you know, hanging out a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, yo, I've been in this area. I've been in this. I was like, damn, is is acting in New York too? Like, I could do this? <laughs> so, yo, literally, no bullshit. I, oh, I'm, my bad's cussing. Nah, you're no good. bull. You're good. Okay, I came out the movie theater. I went up to this white man. I said, excuse me, where do I go to become an actor? No. Just like that. It was, <laughs> it was, it, I went to a matinee. It was still daylight. I said, where do I go to be an actor? Dude was like, they got a magazine called uh, The West, uh, what is it called? The West Side or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like a paper that has auditions in it. So it came out every Thursday. It happened to be a Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I go and I pull up this magazine and I see all these auditions. The first thing I see, it says music video. Famous artists, unknown to can't they couldn't really say who the artist was, but auditions today. It was the date, same day I'm asking, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I right, bet it said, come dress like you're in prison, white t-shirt, jeans, whatever, right? So right. literally, bruh, I get on the subway, I go about ten blocks. I get to this warehouse, about 300 dudes outside with white tees, jeans, and then they bring us into this this big warehouse, and it's everybody just sitting in this brightly lit warehouse. It looked like a cafeteria to a prison. Right. So we all in there, so they was like, yo, you know, y'all going to be extras. We're going to shoot the video today, and it's directed by Spike Lee. So they said it, it was a Prince video. Right? <laughs> so we all in there, and I'm like, damn, Prince don't usually be wearing clothes. So I'm like, this nigga in jail? I was like, all right, well, let's get it popping. You know, I was just excited because I saw cameras for the first time, like up front. And I never forget, you know, as Boom Cat now, but Lorianne Gibson right. was the choreographer for the video. So she was walking around to everybody going, just staring at people, just looking at people's faces and stuff. Yo, I had a migraine, man, right? I had a migraine. I had no money. I couldn't buy no food. So I had a headache. So I had a migraine. I think I ate too much of the butter from the popcorn, so it gave me a headache. <laughs> so I'm in there with my face squinting. I had a do-rag on. I Not a do-rag. I had a stocking cap on. I put it on because they, they had, like, you know, do-rag and stop cams on set. So I put a stock cap on, which made my head hurt even more. Right. So I'm, I'm already, I already got slanted eyes. So like, I'm already like in there with looking like I'm angry. So Lorianne sees my, see me and she says, Hey, you, you look mean. Come with me. I said, Oh snap. I said, all right, sits me down at this table, man, this cafeteria table. And then Spike Lee comes out, and then he says, okay, listen, everybody, when the artist comes out, anybody get caught looking at him, talking to him, you're fired. <laughs> there is no second chance. There is no, we're going to, you know, give you another try. You're out. We're going to be professional because he's a professionalist. He said he's getting ready to come out now, so I want everybody to be relaxed. So I'm sitting there going, 
and I don't think niggas is really feeling Prince like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I was like, yo, when Doves Cry was my joint, but I'm like, yo, I'm not really trying to get a, a, a selfie with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not really killing myself. Yo, man, I sit down. They got an empty seat next to me with a tape on it. And I said, yo, we can't sit in the seat, bro. She said, no, the artist is going to sit there. Yo, man, my mouth dropped. I said, oh, snap, I'm about to be sitting next to Prince. Yo, man, the artist gets ready to come out. It's a, it's a, it's a lookalike. <laughs> and I'm looking at the lookalike, and I'm going, this nigga don't even look like Prince. I'm like, yo, he don't even look like Prince, man. He look more like Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then... He comes and sit next to me, and I'm like, yo, man, this is awful. They got a Prince dude looking like Michael Jackson. This is classic. So they do the blocking. The dude goes in the back. Yo, Kai. Yeah. Michael Jackson walks out. <laughs> man, let me tell you something. The bitch came out of every thug in that room. And everybody was so afraid to lose their job. All you heard was this. Oh. Oh. Yo. And I was like, that's Michael Jackson. Oh, shit. That's Michael. Oh, shit. Michael Jackson about to sit next to me. Oh. I'm Yo. All I remember is Spike said, don't nobody look at him. So, you know, he Mike comes in. He's like, peace, peace, peace. <laughs> he's throwing up the peace sign, peace. He sits next to me, man. He looks at me and he goes, peace. <laughs> Let me tell you Yo, I ignored him, right? Because Spike was going to fire us. Right. And we said something to him. Yo, man, let me tell you something. I said to myself, there's no way in hell. I'm going to be rude to Michael Jackson when he is saying peace to me. So I turned, I looked at him real quick. I said, pleasure working with you, Michael. He said, oh, thank you, thank you. And shook my hand. Let me tell you something, man. It was like shaking butter. You definitely knew this man never worked with his hands in his life. Right. His hands were so soft. I said, oh, my God. So now I'm worried about I'm about to get fired. I'm sitting there like, oh, man, they're going to get. So this idiot, two seats over, sees me do it. He figures he can get it. Nah. Hey, Mike, man, it's a pleasure. Woo! Got him. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> Yo, I was sitting there like a statue looking straight ahead. Right. They grabbed me by my shoulders, bro. They put me. They said, yo, we're going to move you. I said, God damn. I said, man, whatever. Yo, they put me at the table, one table over that's in front of him. But it was a better look because when the video's on, the camera, when Michael gets on the tables and starts dancing, the camera is right on me. So if I would have sat next to Mike, I would have been out the shot. Right. So now I'm in the shot, bruh. Mike, literally, like, right before they said action, <laughs> Spike comes in. He's got that 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 director's chair that floats in the air, and he goes, "All right, y'all, we getting ready to do it." Yo, this guy, Mike, man, he goes, 
peace, peace to everybody. <laughs> he stands on the table, dog. And I'm talking about the most sweetest, quietest dude. But when that music came on, it was a whole metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. That dude completely turned in. Boom, Start pop locking, face got angry, beat me, hate me, you will never take me, thrill me. I was like, oh, I started getting hyped. <laughs> Yo, we had to, listen, we had to bang on the tables and say, I don't, all I really, all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. I start banging that table, dog. I was so hyped. Mike got me so hyped, man. I said, yo, this is what I want to do, man. But it was a music video, so mm-hmm. I didn't really get the feel of the acting part. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was my first encounter with a camera. Lorianne was like, they needed to pick another person for the second day shoot. She picked me. So I got to be in two big scenes with Mike. I got to work with one of the greatest entertainers ever. And that's when I knew I was like, I got to be in this world. But I was still in New York. Right. So how do you go from... My my fault, but how how, how do you go from, man, matinee, biggest moment of your life to that point, most likely, you're standing there with the dude who's been recognized as the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was nobody... Right. Touching Mike. I, shout out no. to Prince and everything, but come on, like yeah, we, we weren't popping Prince albums out like we was. You know what I'm saying? Thriller, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out to Prince. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. But shout out to Prince. <laughs> word, word. No, no, no. By all means, right. I, I definitely was all. I was a Prince fan, right? Because he had all the, the the females, right? I couldn't understand this four foot six dude <laughs> was getting these bad joints. He had the heels wearing. Though. And and the heels and purple motorcycles, like something was weird, but I got it. Like his swag and his voice, the women, they didn't see him as a threat. They saw him as sexy. But at the same time, let's be honest, you probably had a a Mike playlist before you had a Prince playlist. Listen, I got Mike still in the car. Right. You feel me? I got Mike still in the car. I, I don't even... I can't even lie and say I got Prince on the deck like that. There's <laughs> some Prince fans mad at us right now, but y'all had Mike playlist before yeah. you had Prince playlist too, so don't even trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can't even lie. Like, I, uh, mind you, now I got I got his records. Right, I don't have them all. No, nah, I mean, you know what I'm saying he put out an album every year for like 20 years. Who has them all, honestly? Yeah, I, I don't have them all. Right. I definitely got the main classic. Right. But I don't got the one where he did the afro and, and then he turned into the artist. <laughs> I, I think I got diamonds and pearls, and right. that was it. Yeah, after that, I was man, lost. Prince was real hit and miss. Yeah, when he did the Batman song, I was done. I was cool. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you go home. You, you didn't met Michael Jackson. You're going back for day two. How did you translate that, that excitement, that, man, I'm in there, into – Man, this is my career. Well, this is the crazy thing. I was I was singing first. I okay. was singing before I I did the acting. And I performed on the Apollo. And if anybody know the Apollo, mm-hmm. anybody know the Apollo, the Apollo is the most unforgiving 
unloving audience to to be known when it came to performing like a talent show type of atmosphere. Right. And they will boo you when you walk out. Just if you don't look like you legit, you getting booed, yo. Right. And you pretty much got to save yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I was in a group and we sang a cappella, so we, we we didn't have to wait for a track, no band. We just went in. And, yo, we won. We won three times. Okay. And then that's when I got over the fear of wondering if I'm going to be able to, you know, get over, you know, performing in front of people. Mm. So, you know, we was on an independent label. Um, and, you know, we, we was recording songs with, you know, underground producers and long story short, we went to Philly and uh, Charlie Mack from Philly. Uh, first stop the limo, Charlie Mack, affiliated with Will Smith. Uh, Charlie walked into, our, we had a studio session in Philly. He came in here by, by mistake and uh, he said, yo, what y'all doing? You know, we were singing this song. I had to play the piano. So it was a song that, you know, I wrote for the our fathers because my me and the other two guys in the group all three of our fathers were deceased mm. and so i wrote a, a father song and charlie overheard us singing it and he loved it and he said y'all want you to sing for somebody and we got he put a phone up to us and we all looking at this dude like man who this who this dude man so we we start singing in the phone because you know we was we was new artists we like people giving us love right so we sang and we heard screaming on the phone and it happened to be an A&R at, well, he was an A&R for us later down the line, Omar Rambert and, uh, who was working on the label Overbrook that Will had just started. Okay. Overbrook Records. So Charlie was like, yo, I want you to meet Will. So Will was on his way to big Willie style album release party. He was like, yo, man, I heard y'all dope. I ain't really got that much time. Yo, I looked at the fellas. I snapped my fingers three times. And we started singing Jodeci, Love You For Life. Mm -hmm. And Will did not move. He said, yo, tell the private jet, hold up. I got to talk to these boys. So he starts talking. You know, he said, you guys sound dope. We walk away. We go, we start heading down to the car. We like, wow, we just met Will Smith. Oh, snap. We get to the whip. Charlie comes to the car and say, yo, Will wants y'all to sing at his wedding. <laughs> we like, what? He said, yeah, man, he wants y'all to sing at his wedding. So we like, oh, you know, we like, wow. So mm -hmm. after that, we like, this is some bullshit, man. <laughs> this guy ain't going to have a sing. <laughs> man, this dude is, oh, man, that's good. He made us feel good. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll take that. You know what I mean? But, like, he really going to have us at the wet. This nigga get Brian Knight. This nigga get Aretha Franklin. He want these three guys he just met to sing. Nah. So I go home. I go to the crib. And you know in the hood, man, FedEx coming to your crib is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, FedEx come. Everybody on the block was like, yo, yo, you got a FedEx coming. Yeah, you're doing something right now. What's going on? Yeah. Like, yo, what you, yo, what you order, man? Like, yo. <laughs> Are we we all going to have some fun with it? Right. So I was like, it was an envelope. Man, I opened it up, man. It was three first-class tickets 
to Baltimore. I said, oh, and it had the, it said Will Smith Enterprises on it. I said, oh, shit, this nigga was for real. <laughs> so I called the guys, and mind you, this is our first time with first-class tickets. So we get there, we get on the plane, we fly to Baltimore. We all excited. <laughs> we get off the plane. We got a limo waiting for us. We like, yo, we finally here, son. We made it. And then Will comes down. He comes to the whip. He said, yo, man, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to hear the song y'all going to sing. And, yo, we all looked at each other like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, man. You got on the plane yo, with no plans, son? Yo, yo, we ne- yo, it was unreal. It was like, it was going so fast, we didn't realize we didn't even have a song ready. So we was like, yo, we going to sing Amazing Grace. It was like, nigga, it's a wedding. We ain't sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not doing that. And then we were going nuts, man. We was like, wow, what are we going to do? And then it's crazy. We was on the phone. And we was in the limo, and the radio played a song. It was this group, man. They was like a one-hit wonder. I hate to say that, but it, it, they were. They were signed to Babyface, and they was called A Few Good Men. And they had a song called... Uh, have I Never, and it was so the right song for the, the wedding, and it was playing on the radio, and I was like, man, that's God. So this is when Tower Records was out. So we went to Tower Records, and you know how they used to put out the singles with the, right. the instrumental on the other side? So we went and grabbed that junk, and we practiced it in the limo, man. An hour later, we knew the song. Will said, come to his uh, sweet he said he wanted to hear it. We sang that joint. He got, he got emotional. He called downstairs and was like, yo, tell the band I'm not walking up on them. We're going to walk up on these dudes singing. We was like, wow. Wow. Long story short, we sang for the wedding. Him and Jada walked up on us singing a cappella. And it was beautiful, man. And it's crazy because I'm looking in the audience at people who are now my friends, like, you know, Martin, Tisha, all these people <clears throat> that's celebrities mm. that I'm cool with now, and they in the stands, and I was groupie loving, like, oh, snap, yo, that's Tisha <laughs> from Martin show. Right. Oh, that's that's dude from, and then I saw Dwayne Martin. Man. I said, yo, above the rim. Oh, I was, it was, everything, like, was connecting. The dots were connecting. And when after the wedding, Will was like, you know, if you guys stay loyal, work hard, and you never give up, I'll take care of y'all for the rest of y'all lives. And he was like a brother to us, man. He, like, he treated us like brothers, man. So moving forward, we tried to do albums. We, we, we sang on backgrounds on, on Will's albums. And, you know, we were on Interscope. We was Overbrook, but our father... Uh, or mother label was Interscope. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just kept going in and out of the studio. We, we was working with hit producers that are now hit producers that weren't hit producers then, but we were with them. We was people like writing for us was Floor Tree, uh, Jill Scott, Raheem Devon, uh, Music Soul Child. All these people in Philly were writing for our album. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like we was making more greatest hits than albums. We just kept recording. 
And, you know, Will was very, like, he, you know, he liked to be involved. So every time he got a movie, our project get pushed back. Right. And it wasn't that he was trying to keep us on the shelf. It's just that he really wanted to be involved, man. He really was digging the, our sound and the, our image, and he really wanted to be a part of it. So I was like, look, man, I need a plan B. Because, you know, every time you get a flick, you know, we, we on the side. And, you know, he was making sure dudes was, like, comfortable and, you know, hitting us in the pocket to make sure, like, we weren't stressed out. But, like, I didn't get in it for that. I was like, I wanted to make my own bread. I wanted to do my own. I wanted to do big things. So I had to talk with him. I said, listen, man, I said, I need a plan B. Uh, and he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, man, I don't know, man. You know, this is stressing me out. He said, listen, I'm about to shoot this movie in D.C. It's called um, Enemy of the State. Right. He said, why don't y'all come out, come to the set, whatever. I said, bet. So I ended up going, the guys, they, they didn't want to go because they wasn't really stressing a plan B. Like, they, they was really, you know, they felt like this music is going to work. Me, I was like, nah, I want to, I want to, I don't want to just sit. You know what I'm saying? So I went out there, I was with Charlie, and Will was doing a couple of scenes, and yo, that was it. That was it. I believed him acting as his character, and I said, man, this is what I want to do. Right. This writing, I want to do this acting like this. The music videos was dope, but I'd rather it be me as the artist. But this stuff right here, this big production, trucks chasing them in tunnels, I need that. So I told Will, I said, yo, man, I found my plan B. He said, well, what is it? I want to act. And he started laughing. He was like, word? He said, well, Joker, you can't just say I want to act. And it just happened like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know I'm saying? I said, yo, man, no, no, no. I said, I'm serious, Will. I said, in a year, I'm going to be on TV. He said, yo, man, that that's, you know, that'll be dope, man. But he was like, I just want to prepare you. Like, it just don't happen that easy. I said, oh, no, I'm going to get on TV in a year, Will. It's going to happen. And I'll never forget, Charlie Mack was like, Charlie. I said to Charlie, I said, Charlie, I don't, I don't think he believed me, man. He said, Chico, you know what? I believe you. I believe you. Because when you said it, you look sincere. Yo, a year later, I was on TV. So I was, came out to California. I came out to California. Uh -huh. I, I I had some money in my pocket. I had, I was I was I know how to bowl, so I was gambling bowling. Man, it must have been the best night of my life. We was betting a hundred dollars a strike, and I made fifteen strikes. I made fifteen hundred dollars. Mm. And I took the money, got a plane ticket, and I flew to California. When I got to California. I stayed on, uh, I, I went to Charlie's crib. He had an apartment in uh, NoHo, North Hollywood. I stayed on his floor for a couple of days. And, um, you know, that's all I could do because I didn't know nobody out in Cali. Right. So I started linking up with people and connecting with people and, you know, got my, I was able to lay my, my head somewhere else. And, and, you know, where I ain't had to be on the floor or, or crowded, it was just like, you know, I was like, just, just, you know, you, you, you get to know people and they'd be like, yo, you can crash here. I got an extra room. Yo, 
I found out about an audition. I went to the audition. I snuck in the audition. And it's crazy because when I went to the audition, they was like, yo, are you SAG? I said, nah, I'm Puerto Rican and black. <laughs> everybody, yo, yo, everybody started laughing at me, man. I was like, yo, what the hell is so funny, man? You know, I was fresh from New York, man. I didn't know what SAG meant. Oh, man. I was like, yo, yo, they started laughing. And I was like, and I could tell it was an awkward laugh. Like this, this nigga done said something real dumb right now. So I played it off. I was like, ah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, I'll just mess with y'all. I just mean, I'm just fucking like And I'll never forget there was a girl in the back and she just looked at me like, put a, her finger to her mouth. I was like, just shut up. Do not talk anymore. Yeah, just stay low. Because apparently, apparently, you know, they had interest. So I snuck in the audition and, you know, I ain't had no agent or nothing. I learned the lines. They were easy. Mm-hmm. So you know, I grew up on co- comedic, you know, watching comedies and sitcoms. So I knew, knew comedic timing. So when I, when I got an audition, I actually did a good job. The director was also an actor on the show, which was uh, William Young. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the father of Moesha. Right. And I, I auditioned for the Moesha show. And I booked it, but I wasn't SAG, so I got to hurry up and get a waiver to become union. So I was like, yo, you know, by this time, Will found out I was out there. And I was like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? I I made this show, but I ain't SAG. And I was like, man, I got to try to figure something out. So, you know, Overbrook tried to get me on on another show. It was a, a show that didn't make it. And... But I got an appearance on it, so I got a voucher. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't enough. I needed two. So I ended up uh, getting on, uh, going to an, uh, a taping with another friend of mine for the Jamie Foxx show. Mm-hmm. I went with him, and they needed extras. So, you know, I was sitting in, and in the, in the second AD was like, you want to be an extra? I was like, yeah. I said, yeah, man, I really want to. I need to get these vouchers because I'm filming a speaking role on Moesha. And I need to become SAG within a week. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure you get the vouchers. So I was sitting with the extras, man, and I just didn't feel like I need to be with the extras, man. I didn't want to sit in a little holding little area, and you can only eat, like, peanut butter and crackers. And I was like, <laughs> man, man, come on, man. Like, yo, man, I'm signed to Will Smith, man. Like, what am I doing over here, man? So it was lunchtime, man. i never forget I was walking around Jamie Foxx set, and he had a piano. He had a baby grand piano. And when you play the piano, man, there's no way you're walking by a baby grand piano and you're not touching that piano. Right. So I got on the piano. I started playing Ribbon in the Sky, which was like one of my favorite songs to play. So as I'm playing it, I hear, who the hell is on my piano? <laughs> I said, oh, shoot. It was Jamie. I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, my God. I'm about to get fired first day. So I get up. He said, hey, man, where you going? I said, hey, hey, man. I said, my bad. I said, hey, man, I, I know how to play, man. It's just hard to look at this beautiful piano and not touch it. He said, hey, man, you ain't supposed to be touching stuff on this set, man. And I was like, yo, my bad, man. I'm new. I'm, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. He said, hey, man, come back over here. He said, Sam. I said, what's wrong? He said, I want you to play what you just played. So I started playing 
And he sat next to me and he started playing the higher keys on the piano. He started like riffing on the keys. Mm -hmm. So we was jamming. You know, he started singing. I was like, oh, snap, I'm sitting there playing the piano with Jamie Foxx. So now I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be cool. I don't want to come off as a groupie, you know what I mean? <laughs> said, he said, yo, what you, what, what you doing? You know, you working? You, you working or you visiting? I said, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm an extra. I said, I, I booked this show, Moesha, man, and I can't get on the show if I'm not SAG. So I came here to try to get some waivers. He said, oh, man, yo, I'm going to do something better for you. I'm going to tap heartly you. I was like, what the what the hell is that? <laughs> I felt like Eddie Murphy in Trading Places when right. he said, the jacuzzi, son, nah, you ain't jacuzzi nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you ain't Taff Hartley nobody, man. What that right. mean? He was like, nah, nah, nah. He said, Taff Hartley means it makes you eligible to be sad. You just got to pay the dues. I said, get out of here. He said, yeah. He said, you know what? This is our last season, man. We got a couple of, uh, we got a couple of uh, episodes left. If you want to, you know, Keep being an extra, man. I'll, I'll make sure they put you to work. Yo, I was like, dope, man. Yo, stayed on the show. Jamie and it was at basketball class. I started getting playing ball with these dudes. And, yo, we ended up becoming really good friends, man. And, mm -hmm. and inviting to the crib, the barbecues. And, you know, came one of my, you know, one of my, my great friends, man, in California. So I was like, wow, man, this is a blessing. So I ended up doing Moesha. And then, uh, you know, my, you know, my name is somewhat known mm -hmm. because show, you know, Moesha was popping. Right. So I played this character that was dating little Kim. I was punking Ray J on the show in prison, <laughs> you know, so people remembered me, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm in LA. I done did a gig. I done did two episodes with Tyrese was on it. I was, I was, I was, you know, I was in the mix. Right. So, Billy Blanks was the man around this time. It was like 2001. So, Ty Bo was really big in California. So, you know, I wanted to get in shape, get right. You know what I'm saying? I was coming home from New York a little chubby. So, I was like, you know, let me go get in shape. So, everybody was on this Ty Bo craze. So, I went there and I'm working out. I'm going every day. And then I see this lady in a black Benz pull up. And I was like, wow. I said, why do I believe that that's your car? Like, that's not your dudes and you're driving his car. Like, I feel like you, you pulled up, like you got so much power. And she said, started laughing and she looked at me. She said, boy, I know you. I was like, uh, you do? She was like, yeah, I know your manager. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm a producer. So, you know, I went straight to the music. So I was like, oh, you produce toys? She was like, nah, nah, I'm a producer for a TV show. And, it, you know, her name was Yvette Lee Bowser. Oh, okay. And, yeah, Yvette was producer for, you know, Living Single. And she wrote on the Cosby show. She, she was a different world. Uh, for Your Love. She just, she had the, the Mark Curry show. She had shows. She had more than one show on the air at the same time. I was like, oh, wow. So she told me this, and she said, listen, I got a show that I'm about to do, and I'm going to bring you in for it. She brought me in. I auditioned. I booked it. It was half and half. Right. And then my life changed after that. Drastically fast. <laughs> so, so that was a show mm -hmm. that, man, 
it may not have gone on to be like the household name, like, you know what I'm saying, friends or whatever. But man, that show, right. that show was, it's definitely finally remembered. Then you hit syndication too. I mean, mm-hmm. when did people start knowing you on the streets? Like, when did they start saying, hey, Chico? You know what's crazy? I, you know what's crazy? And you know, this everybody got their they, they hometown stories. I would tell everybody back home, nobody believed me. Everybody was like, man, whatever, man. You out there lying, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You went out there, you did more we shit. Now you, you got your own shit. Come I'm on, man. Stuff. Shut up. Right. And then I was like, yo, yo, for real, I got this new show, man. Like, I start working in the summer. They was like, yeah, whatever, man. Yo, yo, we'll look for your two episodes again. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. So I came back to Cali. We start production. We start shooting. So about three months in, I go back home, man. And, you know, this was Soul Train. This is when Soul Train. Oh, sorry. This is when Soul Train was on. Mm-hmm. This is when Soul Train came on every Saturday morning. And uh, I was like, uh, I said, uh, I went to the barbershop. So everybody was like, uh, um, hey, man, he come Hollywood. Hey, man, how that show coming along, man? You know, you know the, the, the mystical, magical show you told us about. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, I ain't talking no more. Y'all, y'all getting me aggravated. Yo, as I'm sitting in there. What comes on the commercial to half and half? When I say you could have heard a rat fart in that barbershop, like it was so quiet. Like it was unreal because I was even shocked. It was my first time ever seeing myself on a commercial. And I looked and I said, oh, snap. So when the commercial goes off, <laughs> Everybody the Bob's like, like immediately go, Yo, I knew you was gonna make it son, yo, yo. I told you, yo, yo, man, yo, you gotta rep for the hood, you know what I mean? You gonna be a star, man. I was like, Yeah, all right. <laughs> but but you know, like one thing about your neighborhood is when you grow up, man, like those are the kind of people, man, that that push me to go hard, man. Cause you know it's the, you know you get that ego in you where you want to you prove your point like right. I ain't no liar man but everybody showed me love at home man everybody treated me no different you know they wanted to make sure I didn't ego trip but they definitely acknowledged the progress I did in our small little town so they you know it felt great man it felt like I was a hero to the town you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and uh. So, you know, after that, you know, I did have had it did well. And then, you know, we did, yo, we did 90, 98 episodes. We were too short of a hundred. Right. And it's either 98 or 96, but I know we was only short two or four. And then they had the big merge. Oh yeah. yeah. Our brothers and CBS had that big merge, man. Turned my stomach. I was like, Oh no. Oh my God, I was, I was hurting, man. Mm-hmm. And we was on the chopping block, man, and and it caught everybody. It, no one was prepared. So it was overnight. Like it was, it was like it's like the stock market. Right. It, it's like imagine you got all this money in the stock market and it crashes the next day. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. 
And we were one of the shows on the chopping block, which was weird because we were in the top three shows. We had the top three ratings. We were we were under girlfriends. Girlfriends was number one. We were we were number two. So we didn't understand like why why we got chopped. Right. So you know it becomes political, man. Every so there's so many other stories, and you just never know which one is true. But I just knew at the end of the day the show was over. And one thing about Will, you know, that I must say, you know, Will, when I first well, what I skipped was, well, before I got the TV, I got a development deal with DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. I had a development deal. And and for, for Will didn't want me to blow my money because, you know, I used to always, like, come to my advice, be like, yo, I got this development deal. And, then, you know, I told him how much money he was paying me to stay in Cali. And he was like, no, let me let my lawyers look at that. And he ended up getting me more money. Mm-hmm. And... uh. He said, I don't want you to blow your money, Cheek. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I, I made some dumb mistakes. You know, people you know, people know about, you know, he, he, he had money issues when he was on Fresh Prince. And he said, I don't want you to make the same mistakes. So listen, me and Jay to talk. You can come move to the crib. We got mad space. You know, this is, you know, pre-Jaden and, and Willow. They weren't even born yet. Okay. So... I looked at it like, yo, that, that, yo, you know, you know how we do. I'm like, yo, that's dope. Right. He looked out. He took me on his um, arm like his brother. Right. And he looked out for me. But I mean, I still blew the money. But (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is, man. You know, I ain't never had that much money in my life. Right. But, but he did give me the avenue to try to do right. But it's kind of hard to tell somebody that. When you ain't never had that much money in your right. life. I was making six figures, man. I ain't like, what? I was like, I was making, I was getting like money I didn't make in a year, in a week. Right. So, you know, so when I started making really good money with Half and Half, I got my own spot, you know what I'm saying? By then, Jaden and them was already having their kids. And, you know, you know, that's family forever, man. Like, mm. you know, Will and Jada looked out for me like really like I was a blood family member mm. and I was, and you know, a lot of my success, they were a major piece to the, my success. You know what I'm saying? And I say Will and Jada because, you know, Will and Jada was married. Mm-hmm. So you they're a team. So like any decision that was made, it was, it, they made together. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I look at Jada as a sister and look at, you know, Will as my brother and they looked out. So, after that, I just was like, yo, I got to continue on with this this wave, man. This Cinderella story can't end. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I call my life a Cinderella story in Hollywood because, you know, how I got in, in the game, it, it, it's not that easy for a lot of people. I was blessed, man. God bless me. It just let me know I'm supposed to be out here. Mm. So after, after the merge, man, you know, um, Trying to find work was hard, man, because what happened is everybody loved Spencer so much. They didn't want to see me as another character. Okay. And then the the episodes were still airing. So it was like I was still on the air. So for me to try to be another character was confusing. Mm -hmm. 
So it was kind of like a, a catch-22. It was like, damn, I have to disappear? And not by choice, but it's like, you know, it, nobody really want to hire you, and they're like, yo, you're still relevant. Like, they still watching you. I don't think people want to see you switch over yet. So I, I think when it came to hiring, they wasn't hiring me like that, but I was doing a lot of guest appearance and stuff. So when I did the Fantasia story, uh, I my audition was with Fantasia. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And Fantasia was so cool and she was so street. She was like, you know, she was like real down to earth. So when I say street, right. she was real down to earth. She was like, look, I ain't, I don't know this Hollywood stuff. I just want my, my, my documentary film to be really good, but mm -hmm. I'm going to play myself. So I was like, okay. So, you know, I played the baby daddy. So he, you know, I, I just, I really got into the character and when we auditioned, you know, I was really flirting with her. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I was doing, I had to put myself in how this dude get her. Right. So, and I really started flirting with her. Like I really got close, like in her personal space and I, and it caught her off guard. And I think the, the shock is what got me the job. I think the shock of, yo, this dude like really like got in my face. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I had nothing to lose, you know, because at the same time, she was, she told me she was a fan. Like, she watched me on Half and Half. And I was like, well, I don't want her to be stuck with Spencer. Right. You know, Spencer was like the the dumb blonde, you know, on the show. Like, I, I was saying some really stupid stuff. But I, was, <laughs> I, I was the comic relief, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it, it, it was, it was hard to shake that. Cause everybody be like, say something stupid, Chico. Come on, man. Tell me something stupid. Right. And I'll be like, yo, man, they wrote my lines. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not walking the streets <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, that's not me, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that, man, when I did Fantasia Story, people got to see a dark side. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because the fans didn't like me dark. They didn't like it. They would tell me, man, women would come in the street and be like, yo, I don't like how you was beating on Tasia like that, Cheek. <laughs> Didn't like you in that. I like you in half an ad. Like, I love you. But uh, eh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling you beating on her like that. And I was like, wow. Like, I never knew the effect. Mm -hmm. And that just let me know that I was doing something right. Because I the, the, the character wasn't that nice of a guy. He wasn't a nice dude. So I had to play that dude and be not so nice. And for the fact that fans were saying they didn't like me like that meant I was acting great. Right. So, you know, and then it got, it got a little difficult in between that time. You know, you start doing, you start really start doing work because you just want to keep your chops going, man. And I couldn't really break the half and half Spencer uh, type. Right. Like I couldn't, everybody see me. They'd be like, Oh, that's that funny dude. You know, and I'd be coming in there for a gangster role. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like I was, I was shooting myself in the foot before I came in there. So it was very discouraging, man. But thank God for reruns because the residuals saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, 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 that was the blessing that came after. It's like, damn, man, like, yo, the Cinderella, Cinderella story is over. 
Right. Like I'm the pumpkin is still here. And you know, I started booking jobs based on relationships. And then I had left my agency at split. And then I found out the harsh reality of if you're not working, your agent ain't really your friend. And that hurt me, man. That that kind of scarred me. Mm. So I was I didn't trust agents no more because you know I never I didn't have an agent when I got my job. Right. So that can't. You know they started coming. Yeah, they started coming out the woodwork like, oh, this dude ain't got an agent. He getting a hundred percent check. Oh no, <laughs> we got to hit him up. You know what I'm saying? I was getting his bread. Yeah, they were sending me gifts and baskets and treats. I was like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> and then when I finally got the one, you know, they showed, they did their job while I was there. But, you know, once I wasn't, you know, you know, generating when they did, they split, I wasn't brought with my rep. I ain't going to put her name out there, but she just didn't bring me. She bought all the other million dollar people. Mm. So I was like, all right. So, and then after that, for like a like good four, five years, man, I just didn't mess with no agents. I, I just felt like, that was the hardest thing, man. It just left me, you know, hanging like that. So I started doing a play. I did a couple of plays. And the plays, low-key, was paying really good money. Right. I was making really – I was making, like, at least co-star money. You know what I mean? Nice, good co-star money every week. And I could live off of that. I was like, great. You know, this is still great money. I'm, shoot, I'm about to go do this. And I was doing appearances. I was making money for appearances. But then it got to the point where I was like, okay, Chief, you got to get an agent. You know, because now people in the streets going, where you at? You know, what's going on? And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm letting my fans that I, I built up down because they like, yo, we want to see more of you. Mm-hmm. So then I started reaching out to agents, man, and I signed with one. And, you know, a couple of them didn't want to take me because they were like, yo, why did you take a break from agents for so long? They thought maybe, I, you know, people was turning me down. I was like, no, I just, it was hard. I said, I saw the Jerry got, Jerry Maguire movie and it, it made me give y'all a chance. <laughs> I saw how Tom Cruise had me in tears. Yeah, you know, you you know, when I saw how he was in Cuba was doing, you know, the relationship they had, I, I was I was like, man, I, I, I they, then that means that there's some agents out there like that. So then that's when I, I went out and I started like really testing the what I went to two. One turned me down, and the next one I said, look, before you turn me down, before you ask me why I haven't been with an agent. They said, no, nah, man, we just want to let you know the woman at the front desk is a fan of yours, and she has been talking about you since you walked in this place, and she told us that we better sign you because you are a star. Man. And I was I was like, wow. Her name is Yolanda. She worked at uh, my agency, Buckwald and Associates. She moved to uh, D.C., Dallas. Mm. But so they gave me, they said, you know, they, they said, we're going to, we're going to give you a little, you know, like a, like a test. Mm-hmm. I said, if you guys hire me, I'm going to book about maybe two, three auditions in I book on Hathaway's on Nickelodeon. There you go. So 
it, it was it was such a great feeling to know like I wasn't being hit with the Spencer stuff because I wanted to work with kids, man. I was doing a lot of appearances and kids didn't know me because half and half came on at nine thirty at night. Right. Kids went to bed. So kids didn't know me and that really bothered me when I walk out and they introduced me with the other celebs for like celeb games and stuff. And, and the the audience was all just the moms and the fathers and you know the aunties. They all giving me love, but the kids were like, who, who that? <laughs> what, who, who that? Right. So I never forget it, man. I prayed on it, man. I said, Lord, I, I, I want to do a kid show. And man, lo and behold, I got this kid show, man. And it was the best experience to 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 be able to work with kids. That's one, but. To be known by the kids when I go in the streets and stores and Toys R Us and Targets, and now I got the kids fans and I got the adult fans. So I got the half and half fans and now I got the Nickelodeon fans. And it just felt great that I was able to touch both genres, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, now I'm in a transition where you know, I did the kid thing, man. But one thing about the kid world, you as a as a black man, and I played a father, you know what I'm saying? You have to be very careful. So you are very limited to expanding your career. So I said, you know, I'm chilling on the kid stuff. I'm, I want to do some adult, you know, right. you know, adult, and, you know, TV shows where it's, you know, we, we drive the show. Mm -hmm. So Nickelodeon is all about the kids. Right. So, you know, um, and so that's why I am now. And then in, in between all of that, people just kept hitting me like, yo man, like what's up with your music? Like, right. why are you not doing music? And why are you not this? And why are you not that? And people were like looking at little clips on YouTube. And I was like, yo, and, and one thing about me, man, music has always been my first love. And when I started realizing, like, there was no more R&B, there was no more singing, there was no more concerts where you going with your girl and you, you, you singing, like, people on stage singing, you know what I'm saying? Like, like performances, dance moves, you know, you have to keep going to these throwback concerts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sucks when you hear somebody say, oh, we can ready to go to the old school so-and-so concert. Oh, we going to the throwback concert. It was like, man, is it, it yo, is it dead like that? Like, for real? <laughs> and, I, I, you know, Tim Kelly, formerly, you know, Tim and Bob producers, you know, mm -hmm. Tim got 400 million records. I met him when I was doing Will's album. And Tim was like, yo, Cheek, you know, let's let's do some work. Let's do some work together. And we started vibing, man, and that was it. It was like electricity, man. And, you know, like I told you before, you know, Fox is a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And Fox, I, he, he had mentioned to me one time, he said, hey, man, you know, if you ever want to use the studio, like, it's yours, right. you know. He he said, I told Tank that once when Tank was, you know, getting discouraged by the music. Tank went there and recorded. He said, I, I, I laid this out to my friends. And he and I, I held him to it. I said, hey, man, uh, can I use studio? And he said, man, go ahead, rock out. And, yo, let me tell you something. Magic right. was created. It was the best atmosphere to start recording. And then, man, I got bit by the bug again. I was back. I and it felt great. 
I want to huh? ask you about that. Um, the other day, probably not even more than 24 hours, you dropped a little snippet on us. And um, what, what struck me, what caught my ear, was you used Jodeci on it. You know oh yeah, I'm yeah, that's forever my lady. I'm normally real hateful towards people who touch them groups. And I <laughs> I seen the video and I was like, nah, he you know what? I, I almost hit the X button. <laughs> almost closed your Instagram uh, video. I said, nah, I'ma listen. And damn it if I liked it. And I didn't want to like it. And that's how you know when something uh, is good is when somebody uses something, you know, there's some untouchable things in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, don't right. redo Big Papa. You know what I'm saying? Don't right. do Get Around It. Leave Pac alone. Don't don't right. redo Reasonable Downs. Don't touch Jodeci. Right. Congratulations. That's a hit. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you know what's the crazy thing? I said, I respect something that Prince said. Prince said, why would you want to remake my song? Mm-hmm. It shows no creativity. He said, I never used to let people re- redo my songs because all they're doing is singing what I already wrote. Mm-hmm. And I, but one thing I love Jodeci's music mm-hmm. as, as, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm just like you. I was like, you can't touch certain stuff. Mm-hmm. You just got to leave alone. But every time, I mean, when I say I listen to Jodeci's album, still, it's still on my playlist. And every time I play that intro to Forever My Lady, mm-hmm. I always say to myself, if this track would have came to me, what would I have done? If Devante said, yo, MCA Uptown didn't want this, I got this instrumental, can you write something to it? What would you do? without trying to make it sound like Forever My Lady. Mm-hmm. And, it, yo, on everything I love, man, that that snippet, I literally recorded that on GarageBand in my, on my computer in my truck last night. Hey, look, I don't know what you did or who you had to put. That's a good – put that out. <laughs> no, and you know what's crazy? The song, listen, the hook was actually a song that my group that I was in. Mm-hmm. That was a song we had on the album. The hook was. Mm-hmm. I'm changing the verses. The verses are not the same. Because mm-hmm. the, the verses are kind of outdated. But the hook was timeless to me. Right. So I flipped the hook around. So so it, it's like I just basically revamped a song that the world would have probably never heard because, like I said, we made more greatest hits than a song even getting on the radio. Mm. We never had it go on the radio other than it be us on a wheel track. So last night, man, I just, yo, I, it was in my heart, man. And I put it on, on the computer, man. And when I heard the harmonies coming together and I still want to keep the essence of that Jodeci harmony, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Without it sounding like seven, my lady, but I still want to hit that, that, go back to church harmony right. and still keep it R&B. And, man, I, you know, I just, you know, the response has been great, man. I've been getting hit in my DM. Like, you know, people asking me to get on the joint with me. Hey, look, that's how you know you got I was like, yeah, man. And when I saw you put on their fire, I was like, it's official, you know. Because I said, Kai ain't sitting and lie to me. Because you got, you got it. <laughs> 
you got a magazine, you got a you got a so a, a media blog company. So you know people gonna hold you to what you you say. Like I tell people all the time, I hear a lot of garbage. I don't like to endorse things because that's me saying listen to this, and I you know what I'm saying like that's important to me. Is once you start mm-hmm. endorsing garbage, people start thinking you're garbage. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, and for some reason you just aren't paying attention to what we're saying, listen to even even if you just listen to the snippet, it's gonna be stuck in your head for the next 48 hours. That is. <laughs> do do yourself a favor. Go listen to it. Wait wait for it to be finished. Buy it. There's something there, and I I endorse this. <laughs> and and the words a lot of people they was DMing me they was like they couldn't really understand like I, you know in a harmony they know what I'm saying but the words I'm saying um, I'm going um, girl when no one else feels your pain I do I didn't say I do on the joint mm-hmm. and who takes you in out from the rain baby I do there is no reason to be afraid I'm never taking love away let it stay always so now y'all know what the words are man um, <laughs> let me just say this right now uh, to all you young people who listen or your old heads who are complaining about the state of R&B you have to support the people who are still making it don't don't yeah. complain and not support there's a lot of people out there using auto-tune or you go see them and they don't sound the same way Chico just proved that it's going to sound the way he sounds period support yeah yeah, man. Listen, I always said I would never make a song that I can't perform live. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in here whispering on the mic, and then when it gets live, <laughs> they wait for me to hit that note, and they like, nah, bro, why you why you go to the left? when well, We was waiting to see if you really hit that high note, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, you nah, you lied to us. Well, you let the yeah, you lied to us. Yeah, yeah. They be like, you lied to us, we man. We put no names on it, but y'all know. Y'all, yep. y'all done been to them concerts. Y'all done mm-hmm. heard them folk and then left and told your friends about it. Yep. And soon as they get to the high note, they be like, can we get, hey, hey, sing it with me. Right. <laughs> if, you, if they putting the mic out to you every time there's a high note, question that. Yep. Yeah, question that. Like, I, if I was in the audience, I'd be like, no, you sing it. <laughs> hey, look, man, uh, What's next? So, yo, I just wrote this show, and I can't really talk about the network because I get sued. Okay. But I wrote a show loosely based on my life. It's loosely based. It's not reality. It's a scripted one-camera show, and it's called The Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, basically, you know, it's like a cross between First Prince of Bel-Air and Empire. It's going to have my music. I'm playing the lead. I'm playing a character named Nate Stone mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, three generations under the same roof, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's dope, man. Like, like it is dope, man. Like it's, it's very funny, mm-hmm. 
you get you get to get a little couple of stories from my family, you know, you know, you know, it it it's very funny, man. It's 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 something that when I pitch it to people, they they like, man, please tell me this is out right now. Mm-hmm. So for the fact that people are saying that, I'm excited. Also, um, you know, I've got my albums coming out and uh, I'm still working on it. And and what I'm doing is I'm kind of like giving people snippets on the internet just so it's pretty much like I'm giving y'all like a listening party. Because once somebody tell me, eh, I'm not really feeling that one, bro. <laughs> That won't make the album. I don't care if it's one person. I don't care if 30,000 people said yes. If I see two no's or one no, you may not see that joke. And that's, that's just how perfectionist I am. I don't want to rush this. And a lot of people, when they come out with albums, they think on the economic. I'm not thinking about selling a lot of records. All I want to do is let people know that I could sing. That music is something that's in my heart. I want people to be able to connect with the kind of music that we all miss. And if God blesses me to sell a lot of units, then it is what it is. But I never went in this on some, I got like back in the day when I was like on Interscope, hell yeah, it was all about the money. Mm. It was like, man, we about to buy mom a house and cars and all that. But then once I got into the TV world and I started making really good money, it was like I still was missing music. I really was missing music. And then I got, I learned how to use cameras for my own camera, started shooting my own video. I shot my own video in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And that's my single that I, I posted up now, Love Affair. I shot that in Brooklyn with my own camera and literally like, in two hours, shot that joint. It was freezing cold, like 30 below zero. And I'm out there walking around like I had a scheduled shoot. It was nothing like that. It was straight up spontaneous. It just wasn't supposed to happen. And it came out dope, man. I just said I wanted my video to look like Gothic Gotham City, like Batman. I had my long trench on, my my, my nice Versace. Mm. Thank God I still had that jacket at my mom's house because <laughs> it worked for the video. Because, <laughs> you know, in L.A., it don't really get cold out here. Right. So, like, all my leathers and stuff at my mom's. So, like, when I went home, I said, man, mom, what, what, what jacket is this? She said, that's yours. I said, yo, I bought this? <laughs> I said, what the? I said, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this. I said, I'm going to do a video on this. Right. That was it. On my Tim's, my New York fitted, it was it. And I had fun. Did you get a chance to see the video? No, not yet, but that's next on my list. You got to see the video, man. You got to. Matter of fact, I'm going to repost it on Instagram just for, you know, now that you can get a full minute out that bad joint. Yeah. I'm going to repost it, but I'm going to have people go tag it. But. You let me know what you think, man. You know, uh, that, that was the first joint because it was making noise in Texas. And, you know, I, I shout out to So 100 radio station. They broke it for me first. And, man, people was calling and requesting it, man. It was a great feeling. But the only thing with the, with the independent thing that sucks is that 
you got to go out there and find avenues to get your stuff played. Mm. That's the only thing where my strength isn't. It because, you know, I've been doing the acting stuff so long, I haven't been in touch with a lot of the DJs, right. and, you know, but the, some of the DJs I know, they play it. But I'm talking about the stronger ones mm-hmm. are hard to get to, you know, the political and you know how that works. Yeah, you know. It, they all say, you know, they don't do that no more, but cut it out. They, they doing that. But I think too, but, uh, this is a this is a perfect time for you to be approaching this 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 avenue that you're returning to because a lot of the power is returning to to the people who make the music as opposed to the people who profit from it. Right, exactly. And that's and that's the thing. It's like I just want to make some good. I want people to hear the album, man, and that's why I'm calling it "Don't Talk." Uh, I'm just calling it "Don't Talk, Just Listen." Because I want people to really just listen to it. I don't want people, like when I did the video, right? When I did the video, uh, people were like, why am I not showing my face as much? And I was like, because I don't want people to see me. And the first thing I think about, oh, that's Spencer from Avenue. He got a music out of my oh, man. That's the funny dude, man. He trying to sing that. I wanted people to respect the song and not look at me and judge before they even hear it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, so in the video, like, I don't really, I don't have lighting. It's all natural light. But I mean, you can see me, but I'm just saying, like, it ain't the way I, like I said, the way I wanted the video to look, I wanted it to look like how, you know, a dark Batman makes Gotham City look. It's like real nice and dark and gritty. But I had that Brooklyn skyline lit because it was about to be a storm in New York. So the clouds were heavy in the sky. Mm -hmm. So the skyline was hitting the white clouds, which gave off this purple light effect, which made the video really dope to shoot. So it worked. Right. So now it's crazy because people watch the video and then they'll realize later, oh, snap, that, oh, that's dude. But it's too late because they already, they already commented and said, banger. Yeah, it's a banger. Right. I got it on repeat. I got it in the whip. Yo, you need to put that on iTunes ASAP. Niggas need to download that. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to keep going. Right. But the second single, Kai, I think I put up a little snippet. It's called I Want You. That joint? Mm-hmm. And when I say it's, it's, it's going to be the new the new banger it's it you know i'm on a group so i'm solo so it's like but it's one of them joints that's gonna make you think like jodeci jagged edge the the drew hill days like it's it's really dope it's sexy and that's why when i do this video man i wanted to be right because you always got to come out your second song has to be better than the first right so when i put out the first joint love affair i just wanted people to groove with me but this next one, man, it's out of here. It's definitely out of here. Like, people were mad I didn't release it first. And I'm talking about artists that are well-known, that are relevant right now, that are on the radio. They was like, bruh, you should have put this joint out. But then they understood. But some of them are like, man, that's 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 old strategy. You should have put this out first. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Old strategy 
is 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 where I'm going. I, I want to be 90s. You know what I'm saying? I want that 90s sound. Right. And if he did it like that back then and it wasn't broken, you don't fix it. So, but when I lay this, man, yeah, yeah. This is probably going to be played a lot. Like, I'm really confident about this song, man, because the feedback, like a lot of, especially females, a lot of females are like, bruh, I need that copy. And I'm talking about, it's females that I've showed a snippet to or put up on Instagram. That's why I put the snippet up. And they they hit me on the DM and they like, yo, I will pay you for the full song. Please send me that song. I've never gotten anybody wanting a joint like that. So I said, all right, I'm going to put this out second. Now, um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? What's what's the takeover strategy? In the next five years, I just want to be, if I'm not, my goal is to be one of the or the best entertainers in the business. I want to leave my stamp. You know what I mean? I want to have one of those situations where I get a star on the on the on the street, you know, in Hollywood and all that. I one of my biggest accomplishments I accomplished, thank God. I got a billboard in Times Square. I had a, a Nickelodeon billboard in Times Square. That was my dream, man. But even when I was doing the music, when I used to record in Quad Studios, I used to be like, yo, I want a billboard. I used to look at Puffy, Sean John billboard. Every night we recorded in the studio. And I said, my dream is to get a billboard. And I got one, an electric one. Dope. Families were taking pictures of it. It, it, was, it was dope. But over all of that, all overall, over all of that, what I just said, what I see myself doing in five years, I want to give people jobs, man. Mm-hmm. I want to give people jobs in Hollywood, man. I want to give people opportunities to be able to not think that they can't live out their dreams. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was that dude. I know how it feels, man, to go into another land and another city and you don't have no family and you really trying to jump out and be something. And if you don't know, it's all about who you know out here. It's not about you being the greatest this. It's about people saying, can I work with you for six seasons? Can I work with you for uh, three months of filming? Can I work with you for a year of filming? Like, it's all about personality and energy out here. And what I've experienced, man, I've seen a lot of people who are really good, man, who got really good chops, man, just miss out on opportunity, man, because not because they're not great. It's just because a lot of people just getting in because they got great relationships with people. So I want to be able to be that dude in the future to like, you know, put out a lot of productions, you know, put out a lot of uh, uh, content and give people jobs, you know, so people can come out here and we can flood the entertainment, television, music, whatever the case. I just want to be one of those people to have the power like, you know, without the negative part of them, but, you know, have the powers like the L.A. Reads and 
the Jimmy Iveens, the, the I mean even Birdman and Puffy, I'll throw them out there, you know, right. to be able to get be, to give opportunity to artists and actors, man. I, I want to be that dude. I want people when I do leave this earth. No time soon, God forbid. But when I do leave, I want people to be able to say this guy, man, was 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 unselfish. You know, he wanted everybody to eat. I said it at the beginning. I say it again, man. Thank you for stopping by, man. We really appreciate it. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you. I will reiterate you, for all the people who are listening, if you have not heard this man's music, forget what you know, forget what you thought you know, get rid of all your illusions, listen to it, and you will be not only pleasantly surprised, but you will add it to your playlist. You'll listen to the snippets again. You'll be waiting for new music. Well, I endorse it. You know what I'm saying? I don't endorse a lot of people because, well, let's be honest, you know why. Um, enjoy this music. Enjoy the return of 90s R&B music with uh, a today twist and check my man out. Give everybody your, your social media stuff, how they can reach you, where they can find you. Yo, you can reach me on Facebook. It's just my name, Chico Benjamin. Instagram is Chico B07. And Twitter, same thing, Chico B07. Yo, I want to perform in essence. I want to be able to go up on that stage and be one of the people on that car. So I need y'all to get out there and vote. Talk to whoever. I, I want people to hear me. And I'm telling you, and I know artists always say this, and, and it's, it's definitely important that you big up yourself, but I'm telling you guys, I'm not going to put out no garbage. I really got some bangers. I am working with, one of the producers I'm working with has sold over 400 million records. And I'm talking about hits that y'all all love. Tim Kelly, formerly of Tim and Bob, he's put out Thong Song. He's put out uh, Tamia, I Am So Into You. Uh, I can keep going down the list. He did R. Kelly, you know, uh, Bobby Valentino, Slow Down. He did, uh, man, I, like I said, I can go on forever. And I got the opportunity to be blessed by producers like Tim Kelly to work on my album. So I'm not playing y'all. I'm going to bring y'all some stuff, man, that's going to make y'all remember and feel good about what you love to hear in the 90s. So I hope you all enjoy. Go check out YouTube. Go to Love Affair, Chico Benjamin. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it, man. And y'all keep checking me on, on, on the internet and we'll go from there. We want to thank Chico for stopping by the Brownstone and thank all of you, our family, for rocking with us. Check us out on Instagram at BrownstoneMG and on the web at viewfromthestoop.com. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. Until next time, love. Love.